Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Jarrett and Rob. On today's podcast, we discuss a film celebrating its 15th anniversary, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. For 28 years, Star Wars has captured our imaginations. Hello there. On May 19th. This is where the fun begins. Join the celebration of a lifetime. Do it. The final installment of the epic Star Wars saga. Destroy the Sith. We must. Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith rated PG-13. The saga is complete May 19th. Rob, you you saw Revenge of the Sith with Jarrett. Yes, I did. What were your first, uh, when you left the theater, what was your first reaction? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if you know this, but I was super excited to walk out of the theater. Okay. And I believe the comment that I made was, boy, George, I knew you had it in you. (laughs) Okay, so can we unpack that a little bit? Like what? Is that because oh the the last one was so bad, or you just thought this was a fit, fitting like, you know, ending to that trilogy? Because from the trailer we just it heard, was, they were they're talking about this is the last movie of Star Wars. Yeah, they lied to us. Oh, they totally for sure, lied just to like us. they lied to us that this trash movie that just came out was the last movie. <laughs> so you well. left thinking it was like that a boy you you wrapped it up nice, or it was great, or it was better than Attack of the Clones. Listen, I, I suffer from what everybody else suffers from, which is like low expectation, medium to low delivery, and like just <laughs> excited that it happened. And I, you know, there was a lot going on for that movie. Like, you know, again, context, context is important. Sure. To, May 2005, okay? I was married a year. Heidi at that movie was seven months pregnant with Haley. So I was like super excited that I was quote unquote seeing it with like my whole family oh, because it's like I was feeling real good about the movie because again, episode one, I went with with Heidi as we were like dating in college. And for this one, it was like we were married with child. So it was like a big deal to me. So I was emotional to begin with. Um, I had a student with me, like a former student, Jared. You remember that? Uh, Diego. I remember him. <laughs> Diego, who was awesome. Um, Jared and I brought lightsabers with oh, us. Oh, we did. Because we bought, yes, we had the nice Master Replicas, like, you know, Force FX lightsabers <laughs> that we were, like, wailing around. What's the point of that? So it was, there was no to reason. Be we just had it and we kind of swung it around. Okay. We were just, we were those guys. Um, but it was like it. It was a a celebration of um, a long couple of years. So you know, I was excited for it to be over. And at the moment, <laughs> I really thought it was genuinely a good movie. Okay, <laughs> but that is absolutely what I said walking out the door, one hundred percent. Jarrett, when you left the theater, what did you think? If you can remember, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like I had. I had that arc for just about all of them, like where you left and you're like, yeah, and then a couple months later, you're like, ah, oh, it was kind of shit, but you know what, there's another one coming, that one will be better. Sure. And this okay. this one really, I can't, like, I can't say it was any different, I was, but I don't think I was, like, we we were with another friend who said it was flawless, I wasn't quite on that page, yeah. I wasn't quite on that page, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I did at the very least think it was better than the previous two, but I cut. Uh, I kind of had the same arc like a couple months after that. I was like, well, it's done. 
It's okay. They weren't great. We can move on with our lives. They and, weren't uh, great. We can right. move on. Yeah. Like that, that okay. happened. That happened. <laughs> so Jared, when did you realize this is a shit movie? Usually the, the, <laughs> when they came out on DVD, that was usually the, um, that was usually the point where I watched it again at home and I was like, Oh no, just no. Okay. But, okay. Actually, wait, there was <laughs> this one. Okay. So before we saw it, we went to uh celebration three in Indianapolis Oh yeah, yeah, that was that same year. And I remember before they had a uh, uh, Rob. What's was the producer's name? Rick McCallum. Rick McCallum. Right. He showed some footage, and you know, everyone lost their shit. And he was talking about the movie, yep. and then he kept talking about like, oh, the movie's you know it's done, blah blah blah. And then he was already talking about George changing it in the future. Like, oh. who he <laughs> he said something about who knows how he's going to edit it. You know how he works. And I was like, ah. Uh. So, <laughs> I was like, yeah. he has. I was like, he has all the t- all the tech he claimed he needed to make this perfect movie he envisioned, and he's already not satisfied with it before it comes out. <laughs> that was a sign. Well, let's not let's not glaze over this whole thing because, like, this this was my first convention was this celebration. So I think it was Celebration Three. Yes, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Which is like the armpit of the country, apparently. It's the only time I've been there. And it was the weirdest place I've ever been. That was the place where the taxi driver was the meth head. Right. And he was like late for, to the methadone, cl- methadone clinic. Methadone clinic? So I had gone out early because Heidi bought this for me for my, I think it was Christmas, bought us tickets. And then you came out and met me out there. Yeah, right. you had a buddy that uh, bailed on you, didn't? That's how I, I think that's how I ended up out there. <laughs> oh, you know what? Greg was supposed to come, and then Greg kind of bailed out. Whatever. Yeah. So it was, I, it was the first time I met Dave Prowse and Peter Mayhew and Kenny Baker. It was like all those guys were there. That was also the night that I did the overnight outside in the rain in order to sit in the George Lucas uh, Q&A that was a half hour long. <laughs> no uh... big deal. Wait, and Rob, why don't you tell everyone what you did the, the entire first day we were at the con? The did the, Oh, so the first day I was at the con, I sat in line to pick up my Darth Vader action figure, my exclusive Darth Vader action figure yeah. that you could pick up right now on eBay for 12.99. I believe then you could buy that as well at Target at some point as well. That had the flames behind him, correct? Correct. You couldn't get it at Target. Stop. I'm it. fairly sure, certain you could down the road. They ended up selling them at Target. I'm almost positive. That would be disappointing. We had to get like, it was a special, it was like on the badge. They had to like punch your badge. It was like a big deal. But, okay. So yeah. that was the last time my wife cried when she put me on an airplane. <laughs> After that, it's just been, it's just like seeing a couple of weeks. Wait, what? That's a thing? Yeah. So like that was, oh, that was like totally a thing. Because at that point, I really didn't travel that much especially without Heidi. So? so she drove me to the airport, like put me on the airplane and like waved again. At that point, she's, what was it? Like May ish. She was probably like five, six months pregnant. And she was just like, goodbye. And she was just bawling. It was so nice. But like, yeah, she doesn't cry anymore. I could be gone two weeks and she won't cry. Yeah, that's normal. No fucking spouses don't <laughs> cry when their spouse leaves for a weekend in Indianapolis. Well, we just got married and we were deeply in love. You know, it's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> Stop it. Don't take away my romance. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to get back to the movie. Are you, do you equate crying with like love? So if my wife doesn't cry when I fly away, we're not in love. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a there's a emotional connection of like you're not going to be with this person for like a period of time, 
<laughs> so you get all emotional. You cold-hearted <laughs> bastard. Jared, has that ever happened to you? What, where uh, someone was missed me that hard they cried? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, there you oh. go. There you go. <laughs> All right, I guess I... We're very emotional here on the East Coast. You I guess, guys just don't man. get it. I guess. All right, so Rob, when did you realize this was a trash movie? <laughs> <laughs> a trash movie? I don't think it's a trash movie. I think okay. it's not a great movie. I don't know if it's a trash movie. All right, fair enough. Came out in 2005. I, it's crazy yep. to me, again, that this was 15 years ago because it felt like it was five years ago. <laughs> Should I read the synopsis from IMDb? Because it's pretty terrible. It's also like four Let's sentences. Let's do it. Okay. Love it. Three years into Clone Wars, the Jedi rescue Palpatine from Count Dooku. First sentence. As Obi-Wan pursues a new threat, Anakin acts as a double agent bet between the Jedi Council and Palpatine and is lured into a sinister plan to rule the galaxy. That's the whole fucking movie. It's, yeah. Like, and it gives Anakin a lot more credit. <laughs> Wait, is that it or is there more? No, that's it. Oh, that's a very poorly written description. Poorly that's, written. That, that, it's very specific and doesn't really have a conclusion to it. It's just a very badly written I'm, uh, explanation. I'm so, I'm, I'm again, super interested in, because I pulled these straight from IMDb just to be consistent. And... Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. Some of them have some nuance to them and, and kind of will make you want to see the movie. And then some are, some are this. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I should write a strongly worded letter to IMDb and figure out who's doing this. This, is, this sounds like somebody's reading the back of a VHS tape for, like, a poor B movie. Could be. That's what that sounds like. I think you got better than that. Rob, who wrote and directed Revenge of the Sith? Oh, that would be Mr. George Lucas. Mm. Uh, do you know what the budget was for this movie? Four bazillion dollars. I have no idea. What was the budget? 113 million, which seems ridiculously oh, wow. low. Oh, but not in 2005. No, but in, two, in, in 2020, this is a $300 million movie, no? Yeah, fair. I mean, watching it now, where did that money go? <laughs> the <laughs> development of all the special effects. It definitely, Bro. You, you know where it didn't go, Jared? It definitely didn't go to... Christopher Lee and uh, Ian McDermott's stunt doubles because right. they are clearly having stunt doubles and it looks like trash now. Oh. Like this is, watching this, I think I feel now like you guys felt about The Irishman. I was just thinking that. Uh -huh. Where you see Robert, you know, Robert De Niro run down the street and you're like, okay, he looks like a 40-year-old Robert De Niro, but he runs like 70-year-old Robert De Niro. And I watch Christopher Lee act and he looks like he's a hundred and then the stunt double obviously is not christopher lee and i'm just like that takes me completely out of every scene that they're they have stunt doubles you mean you don't buy 80 year old christopher lee doing a backflip over a railing i don't <laughs> it turns out i do not all right so 113 million dollar budget 850 million dollar box office wow I was shocked a okay. little bit that it didn't hit a billion, but I guess in, in 2005, nothing was hitting a billion. Like Titanic, that was it. Right. Yeah. And then right. Avatar eventually. I don't know if either one of you gentlemen looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score of this. <laughs> I recall it being quite high. Okay. So let's go with Rob first, Jarek, since you, uh -huh. I think you have an idea of what it might be. Rob, what is, now not the, not the yes. audience, not the audience. Yeah. What is the critics Rotten Tomatoes score? I'm going to guess at Revenge of the Sith, 2005, George yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Let's p 
put 87 percent. jesus christ jared i thought i could have sworn i remember cracking 90 okay so it's at 80 now it might have cracked 90 right. at one point all right ah. 80 is to me ridiculously high for this movie yeah. <laughs> 66 percent audience oh come on guys just ju come on guys come on what the fuck <laughs> 66 is still considered fresh in their in their score it's uh -huh. under 60 is rotten rob what do you think Re uh, return of the jedi has on rotten tomatoes oh no as the as far uh, it's got to be in the 90s from critics oh from critics 73 so you think the critics gave this an 80 and revenge of the yep. or return of the jedi a 73 jared correct I, i'm gonna stand by that just based on the way you're framing this whole question <laughs> it's i would have guessed 70s probably for return okay of so the they jedi. actually gave it 82 which i still find egregious <laughs> that th that Re return of the jedi is two percent <laughs> higher than revenge of the sith are these the same people that said joker was the 35th best movie of all time <laughs> Accurate. Above Back to the Future. Right. And Lion King. T2. And. But the it, only movie better was Interstellar. Interstellar was 33, which I, I find more egregious. <laughs> All right. So there's, there's not a ton what? of, you know, uh, at least I don't know of a ton of issues that happened on set for this movie. There's not a ton of casting like what ifs. So we can get right into the categories. Rob, unless you have, you know, any stories you want to tell you you know of you know for this or anything no this was a very this i think of the bunch um this was like the most like factory made movie like everything was already established everything was already kind of there um you know everybody at that point it was like almost turning into a job for those guys like it was just it, it, there was nothing that was like brand new everything was already kind of predetermined there was like some interesting new look um, the, the lead production designer left on this one and was replaced by one of like the, um, the secondary guys. But other than that, it was really kind of, it was business as usual for this one. So it really wasn't anything too, too exciting. I don't remember the hype for this being like at an all time high. Like it wasn't Phantom the... Menace hype. No, definitely not. No, no, but it was the, I mean, there was a lot that went along with it. Again, it's as far as like the marking was concerned. So even though um, the celebrations had all come out, so like celebration one was episode one, celebration two was episode two, this celebration three was this one. Um, but there was a lot more um, kind of interest in the celebrations at that point. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they were starting to kind of like bend the, the fan base a little bit like, hey, this is going to be like a. Only when the movies come out are we going to do these big celebrations. So there was a little bit more excitement for that. Right. And I remember a fairly, you know, healthy waiting for the action figures. Just like a, not nearly as much as episode one, but certainly better than episode two. Yeah, I remember but, yeah. Being, at that time being someone who collected toys. Don't judge. Um, the, the Attack of the Clones figures were terrible. Packaging yeah, everything. Were. And that movie was was trash. Uh, but I remember these figures, like, they came out and the packaging was cool. And there was just a – I'm kind of with you. There was a sense of hope that this – somehow George Lucas was going to turn around the franchise and finish on a high note. Because I didn't hate yeah. Phantom Menace. I still don't hate it. It's not good, but I don't think it's the worst thing ever. But I think Attack of the Clones is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I thought that almost instantly coming out of the theater. 
So I yeah. had a lot of hope, though, that somehow they were going to turn this around because, you know, you knew that well, Darth Vader what... was going to be unveiled, right? You knew. Right. You're like, he can't fuck this up, right? It's got to be like a great moment. Right. But they marketed this around Darth Vader. They marketed around Darth Vader. They marketed with Anakin with the yellow eyes. Like there was a lot of like, hey, remember all this other stuff? We're going to jam it in this movie. We promise. And it was always the. This is the movie that you guys have been waiting for. It was a lot of like the marketing or like at least the feel of it. But um, I remember going into this movie pretty jazzed. Like I was excited for this one. So I have a question and I was going to ask later, but since you just brought it up, the Sith eyes, the yellow eyes. Fuck, yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like why, why does Count Dooku never have Sith eyes? It's a great question. They never really utilized it well. It's too bad. Like, and you know, Darth Maul had it. Palpatine had it. But like, let's just see. What's it? Dooku like never had it. Anakin only had it like once in a while. And there was a certain level of like monster that kind of came along with it. Hmm. Um, it's too bad. I think there are certain scenes that would have worked better with that in it. If we're kind of going down that road, but it's like if you are so consumed with the dark side of the force, uh, the force, the force, your eyeballs turn a certain color. So, 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 but Jared, we were kind of excited we, about it. Jared, I always assumed that Darth Maul had it because he was an not a human, right? And if I were the Sith eyes with Anakin in the actual movie, I seem to recall that being something that was in the trailer because I didn't notice no, it when. It, they have yeah, the it's, there's the two scenes that I can remember. There's the scene where he goes to kill everybody on uh was it Mustafar? Mustafar. Where he turns yep. um and it like yep. does like a, a quick zoom into his face. And then when he yeah. is burning alive, right. when, yep. when Obi-Wan's letting him burn alive, he has the, the Sith eyes. Could both of this just been because like he's surrounded by fire and you, that's kinda <laughs> just kind of reflection type deal? <laughs> could be no uh-huh. could be. Stop it. What's st- <laughs> the, you know, and the trailer, the trailer for this one, again, episode one had great trailers. This one had great trailers, too. And in the opening sequence of the trailer for, for this, it was like a little bit as you just kind of played. Like some Obi-Wan, like a new hope dialogue. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you went to the new footage, like the first scene you saw was uh, Anakin with the yellow eyes. And then people went fucking wild because it's like, oh my god, he's evil! And so it becomes, you know, there's that like, thing. there's never been a trailer I don't think that was better than the first Phantom Menace trailer. Nope, it was great. Mm-hmm. That guy deserved deserved an Academy Award. <laughs> I mean, we got how do we get that written into the Academy Awards where they give you know, I need I need someone for directing a trailer or editing. I guess the trailer. Yeah, should get yeah, the I'll Academy be, Awards. Back that up. That's fair. All right, you want to start getting into these categories? Sure. Because I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of shit to say. Jarrett said he's got a lot of stuff to talk about. We know Rob just talks. That hurts. Okay. (laughs) I contribute. You do. You contribute a ton. But this is Star Wars, so there's going to be a lot of contributing. Super excited. Most watchable scene. Ah. I'm not going to lie, man. I had a hard time. I had a super hard time (laughs) coming up with scenes that... The the way I look at... when, When I thought of this category... The way I thought of it is like kind of what Jared has said too on, on podcasts is you watch scenes on YouTube, right? There's just, you're bored and you look at something, you're like, hey, I remember that movie. I want to watch that scene on YouTube. I got, there's like none for this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So the first one I have is Anakin and Obi, Obi-Wan versus Count Dooku, which I remember in the theater being like, this was awesome. Not awesome. It's not, it's not a great <laughs> scene. <laughs> 
Um, cuts off the hands, right? That was like a kind of like, holy fuck. Because that was, I think, one yeah. of the most violent moments in Star Wars to me. When he cuts off the hands, yep. then cuts off the head. But the thing that always sticks out to me in that scene, and not in a good way, is Palpatine's voice when he throws in the do, do it. it. Yeah. Do it. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, right. um, it, it was like, all right, so I'll play the role of defending this movie because I know that's my natural role Shocker. here. <laughs> so it was... I mean that scene in particular. It was it was supposed to harp back to Return of the Jedi between Palpatine being in that chair Mm-mm. and just like the war going on outside and all the other shit that goes along with it. It is on one end a very flat thing. I think that's if I'm going to give one one of many very real critiques of this movie. The action scenes in this movie are very flat, especially unfortunately the lightsaber scenes. Yeah, and it, this is a very good example of it. It it just feels like. Nothing's at stake and people are just kind of dancing with one another. But I think you're right that that moment that he cuts the arms off, it was like, oh, shit, like something's going to happen. Um, but it, w- it came out of the fucking blue, which is the problem. Something you're going to hear me talk about probably a lot on this podcast is how the effects don't hold up. And it yeah. starts right with this scene. Now, I'm not even going to put in the, the scene before this where they're flying through the space and it's some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Right. It's terrible. It's atrocious. But the, the, the scene where like Count Dooku does the double flip over the, the rail looks terrible. Like it's not, it, it's 100% CGI. When yep. the, when Count Dooku like forces the scaffolding to fall on Obi-Wan, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah that it is. Yeah, like is. none of this, it doesn't look good. But I remember in the moment being like, okay, I'm in. So one of the things I, the first things I wrote down when watching this movie, I think it was when I saw Count Dooku do the flip. I wrote, I can't believe they made an entire movie using a PlayStation 2. (laughs) 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 I'm not wrong, Rob. uh, (laughs) You're not wrong. We were all so, uh, we were all so pumped. Because that, like, at that moment, that's the best shit we had. I but it mean, wasn't. at one point, we all looked at Pac-Man, and we were like, Pac-Man, that's fucking game's fucking amazing. Look no, at the graphics Rob, on that you thing. know what was but, best, and I've said it a hundred times on the podcast, 93, 94, Jurassic Park looked better than this. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's, the fight scene that. between Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul looked better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have a legit person in Ray Park who is, you know, a martial artist, in, into that, you know, sword fighting is trained and all that, and makes it look real. Where this, you have well, Christopher I mean, the, Lee. Go ahead. Yeah. No, the ahead. Dude, there was a, a legitimate guy in there. They just plastered Christopher Lee's face on him poorly. But there was a, do, a guy they were, like, fighting Obviously, with. but you just said yourself well, that saying. it's over-rehearsed, and it looks like two pe- yeah. three people dancing. It does. It does. They're it just lo- hitting the beats. There's no, it. like, they're not improvising. There's no emotion. No. There's nothing. It's... Another thing this movie is going to suffer from is it's fucking too clean. Like, everything is CGI, so there's no feeling. Well, what's funny is, um, so I read this book because on my way to Indianapolis, I I actually picked up the book. And the book wasn't bad, I got to be honest, in comparison to the movie because I was real jacked about the movie um, just based on what I was reading in the book. Um, and there is supposed to be dialogue between um, Dooku and Palpatine, 
after he cuts his hands off. And they actually cut the dialogue for the movie, which actually kind of worked because Christopher Lee actually gave like an emotive look to Palpatine, like a what the fuck kind of look. So there, there is some minor like kind of like, you know, good things in that scene. I'm no, not saying not. it was great, but there was at least an attempt made. Jarrett, is that there wasn't any, so obnoxiously there obvious. Any, are there any good moments in that scene? Oh, uh, sorry, we're seeing. <laughs> Do it. The same, Do it. The, yeah, the yeah, same. Pay attention, the, Jared. Uh, uh, no, because that whole fucking opening, it keeps flopping around from like, there's like weird slapstick, and then they're murdering a dude, and then there's just emotionless <laughs> action. And then there's like, they try to do witty banter in the elevator. Like, that whole fucking opening is just a goddamn mess. <laughs> and then Palpatine's yeah. telling Obi-Wan to just, is telling Anakin just to leave Obi-Wan there because he fainted. Like, uh, he's done for. <laughs> he's, he fell over a little bit, and he's dead. Let's just, like, leave him and get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, we don't have time. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, All right, so my next scene, my next most watchable scene, doesn't happen until... I don't know, three-fourths of the movie is over. <laughs> so it's, it's the Jedi confront Palpatine. And it's really, again, just because it's a pivotal part of the movie. Again, a scene I remember being like, not bad in the theater. Then you watch yeah. it now. And how does Palpatine mow down three Jedi with, like, no <laughs> effort? Like, they, were they not paying attention? Did, was Kit Fisto like, hey, I'm not even going to pay. <laughs> just I'm looking somewhere else before he gets fucking, you know, Stabbed through the chest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I they're, they're, it's too bad. Too many, too many Jedi's died super quick in that thing. Okay, and then again, I have some problems with me and McDermott's voice in that scene. Mm. The no, no, I no, am. and <laughs> then uh, unlimited power. Oh, like it's just oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then at All some right, point, so at some point in the later category, we're going to talk about how terrible Sam Jackson is in this movie too. Mm. And that's fair. That's fine. That's fine. So originally, how I understand this scene, there's two scenes that really got kind of like, I don't know if it got lost in the editing or got lost in the writing or, or what it was. But or, or if you it. watch this scene, um, the lightsaber changes, the one that Palpatine's actually using to like the, the kind of one handed gold one, which is the one that was like marketed to him. But if you're like, if you actually watch, he's holding Anakin's uh, lightsaber through a lot of that fight. So the premise was Anakin was actually a part of that group that went up to arrest him and Palpatine actually took Anakin's lightsaber in order to kind of fight all these guys back. So I think that would have made for like a better moment, you know what I mean? With Anakin kind of sitting there the whole time and kind of like letting this happen almost like helplessly. Um, but they didn't choose to do that. They chose to kind of do this other kind of thing. So just like fun little fact there. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know that if it's fun. no one seems to be very impressed with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. That's, All right, it's not. I thought change. that because it become it 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 it's something else that would have made that scene work better than it did, but they just decided to kind of change it last second. I don't know what would make that scene work better, Rob. Mm. I don't know. I'm not. Maybe a different director, different writer. Didn't you see him looking at the Death Star? Wasn't that cool? Before they walked in, oh. he was like analyzing the plans for the Death Star. That was something. Why does another question I have written down for this scene is why does force lightning fuck up your voice? Boo. Mm. No. <laughs> like what happened? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> it was all the yelling he was doing before that. Jared, would you mm. rather have seen Tupac as Mace Windu? Wow. Was this a thing that could have happened? Cuz yeah, yeah, absolutely originally it was Shut up. Uh, allegedly, really? yeah, it was uh. yeah. 
I thought I always thought Mace Window was like Samuel Jackson wants to just be in the movie, so he called George Lucas. He's like, put me in the movie, and then uh, Lucas made the character out of basically nothing and took lines from some other one of the other Jedi that was supposed to be like a bigger deal. <laughs> that's like, absolutely true. It, it, I'm not wrong, right? No, that's yeah, absolutely see? true. That's exactly what happened. But, but to- was there not is there not a rumor, Rob, that Tupac was allegedly like shortlisted <laughs> to be in this movie as Mace Windu? That I don't remember. I do not remember Tupac. That but the story that sure. he just said was absolutely true. Not this movie, but for Mace Windu in Phantom Menace. And then obviously uh, he would have continued through. I do not recall. That what? would have been you, amazing. You li- I don't recall. Dude, Jesus I live the movie. I do not remember that rumor coming through. All right, next scene. <laughs> the execution of Order 66. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> you know what I think? You just don't like Palpatine because these are all Palpatine <laughs> scenes. No, these are most these watchable, are watchable scenes. These are like what oh, I Oh, this have. is most... <laughs> Sorry, I thought these were like the shit scenes of the movie. No, man. No. <laughs> so Order 66, again, I, the, mo- the thing I found most interesting in this whole scene was just that all the different... Stormtroopers, I guess clone troopers at that point. Because you had never yep. seen you had never seen like Commander Cody. You had never seen uh the I can't remember his name, the camouflage one. Like because they all have names. Commander Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Green. all had they all had they all had toys. <laughs> uh, yes, they did. Um, so that scene is fine. Like whatever. Uh and then the <laughs> last two scenes are yeah. and they kind of happen at the same time. Is Obi-Wan yep. versus Darth Vader, Yoda versus Darth sure. Sidious. Sure. I have two questions, and then we can get into critiquing them, or if, if you know if you guys have any other scenes you want to add. How did? Why does Yoda give up? Rob, Jared, why don't you answer first, and then I'll give you my two cents. Okay, I have no idea, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he's winning so, that listen. fight, right? Wait, he's winning the yeah. fight for the most of the, most of the time. Yep. Sidious is clearly worried that Yoda's the one that's there. Like he yeah. he mm-hmm. he seems, you know, like genuinely like he's going to beat me. Yeah. Why is that little bastard just give up? <sighs> because we know he loses. <laughs> right. Yeah, according to episode 5, he's still uh lost. No, it was that whole um the the if the motivation for Yoda and for Mace Windu had always been the at that point, anyway, uh, the survival of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think at that moment, Yoda felt, I'm guessing, that his purpose wasn't necessarily to um, stop Palpatine, because at that point, they kind of felt evenly matched, because they really were kind of evenly matched. He felt his kind of purpose um, fell to a different direction. So the reason why Yoda, quote unquote, gave up was uh, so that way he could kind of, you know, ensure that the Jedi continued. Did you just hit me with the quote unquote? He gave mm. up. There's no like, there's no, <laughs> you're not, there's no nuance to that. It's not, you're, uh, I'm not. Well, he did fall. Guess. You know, he was trying to like hang on. He's and alive. then like he did scratch his way down. So he did like fall all the and way down. And then he climbs like a fucking rodent through the, the yeah. like the ventilation yeah. shafts. Right. And then calls. <laughs> because a, Palpatine, a, Palpatine had the high ground. He calls fucking oh, Jimmy God. Smits to come pick his ass up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if I'm, listen, if I got to get a place real quick, I'm calling Jimmy Smits. Fucking ADA Prado from Dexter. Come get me <laughs> real quick. Um, uh, and then my, my other question is Obi-Wan Darth Vader, right? 
Because at this point, he's not Anakin anymore. He's Darth mm-hmm. Vader. Correct. I was so fucking jacked to see that in the movie theater, and I thought it was like the coolest scene I have ever seen, right? Watching it again, some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in any movie. Yeah. But it's topped off by, at the very end, right before <laughs> Anakin gets there, Darth Vader gets his legs cut off. They have a conversation, like normal people would, floating <laughs> through lava. And Obi-Wan presents his case about why uh, the Jedi are in the right. And uh, Hayden Christensen delivers the line of, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> Maybe one yes. of the worst lines I've ever heard in a movie Fun. and delivered in a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to, well, you know, they had to kind of, um, there was the similar line in Return of the Jedi that they needed to kind of bring full circle here for this. So remember, Luke was all pissed off that Obi-Wan did not tell him Darth Vader was his father. Sure. And um, Obi-Wan gives him the whole speech about certain point of view. Sure. So it was it, that line was kind of jammed in there. There was no nuance to it. Like the audience already understands point of view at that point. <laughs> sure. But uh, they felt the need mm-hmm. to kind of jam it in. Now, the travesty that is that whole like banter back and forth, because it really is kind of like a unique moment. And again, I, my boy, Hugh McGregor is like trying and it just it just falls flat because there is a moment there that Obi-Wan has just kind of given up. And just being like, I, I screwed up. Like, I failed you, and I'm sorry. And that's what that whole scene should have really been about. But instead, they jammed this whole um, point of view thing into it. But the, the moment, the sentiment was there, it just fell a little flat. So am I supposed to, Jared, mm. do you, what I thought watching this movie and all of the terrible dialogue that Hayden Christensen is asked to deliver and in all of the terribleness mm. that he delivers it in, are we supposed to be sympathetic to him in this movie? I think that's probably what Lucas was going for, but he's just not a good enough director to get that out of people or to even write it in the first place. It's the writing. It's yeah. not the directing as much as it's the writing. It's so, just the character is just not likable. So it's not the fact that he kills children? Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's not, it's not a good look. Right, right. (laughs) You can't murder children and then be like, but from my point of view, you guys are evil. But like the other problem with this is that I realized that Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, do they even like each other? And did they ever? Like they're not together for most of the movies. Like they tell you they're friends. They they are like there's a moment that they have, like right before Obi-Wan goes off to find Grievous, that he that Anakin says, uh May the force be with you. And then yeah. he returns with like, may the force be with you. It was like two guys saying they love each other before they leave. No, but it's pretty clear. I mean, if you've watched all the other movies and the prequels that they don't like each other, that they're forced to like each yeah. other because they both have some respect for Qui-Gon. And they're really just well, doing they, what Qui-Gon wanted them to do. But that in this one, they're meant to be a little bit like the second one. They were clearly just not into each other. Um, but this one, they're kind of. <laughs> They're they're meant to be a little bit more like, you know, brothers in arms here a little bit. And again, I know we're critiquing this movie and not like the whole of the saga, but like the mm. Clone Wars builds that in a little bit better. Um, so, the cartoon. So let me ask you this question, because I was going to ask this later yeah. in the pod, but I'll sure. ask now before we pick our most watchable scene or if you guys have any other categories or any other yeah. uh, scenes you want to add. Does this movie suffer 
Now, obviously, made $850 million at the box office and 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it <laughs> suffer from really picking up from where the Clone Wars ended? Because you have to kind of have watched Clone Wars to understand why Darth Sidious or Paul Patine is with Grievous, right. who Grievous right. is, why Grievous has a breathing problem. <laughs> like you have to watch, you had to have watched the animated show to understand the the first scene of the fucking movie. Yeah. Did they do a disservice right. to, you know, the casual fan like my wife, who's not going to watch the animated show and is just going to jump right. right into the movie? They did a disservice by jamming too much into this movie and not jamming enough into um, episode one and two. Um, I think there was too much to cover in this movie. So, like, those subtleties aren't aren't there in just kind of like some obvious way. Yep. So I think this movie, as long as it is, because I think this is the longest of all of the Star Wars movies, and it feels every um, moment of the longest. <laughs> yeah, it does, and that's fair. But it's it it was poor it was poor planning on the other two and jamming too much in this one that uh, those moments exist, and it's it's. I blame it on you. Got to blame it on Lucas because he's the one writing the characters. He just didn't have enough. That that's what happens when you're writing the movies as the movies are being made. You just don't have those moments of like just sit down and kind of think about it. So yeah, sure. you screwed that one up. What do you think, Jarrett? What was the question? I'm just so blinded with hate with this fucking movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> do you think that they did a disservice? Oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, had the, when did the, the Clone Wars came out after the fact, right? Because I never actually haven't watched them, but no. But no, the, the Samurai Jack uh, Clone Wars came oh, out okay. before yeah. the movie so, came out. Yeah, so they had the the Clone Wars that had like Asaz Ventress that were like, weren't they like eight minutes or ten minute episodes, Rob? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they were all like yeah. online stuff, and they were good. Yeah, yeah, but like a lot of like. Ascent you didn't have like okay like you didn't really know what grievous was about you know but like i don't need to know why he had a breathing problem like i i feel like if they <laughs> sure like i don't need sure. to know every little fucking detail about every little but like i just needed someone where i was like i get what he wants and i get why he wants it and that's it and they put none of that in this it was just kind of like i hate jedi because i'm a robot thing. yeah i know like but yeah. i don't think you needed you could have put a little bit in to kind of get that across you didn't have to have a whole series about it um, but yeah, they probably did a disservice. Yeah. If that was all in the Clone Wars, they probably did a disservice by not giving the movie people a little bit of it, whatever was going on. If you're saying that was that made things better. Yeah, the Clone Wars ends with with uh, Grievous capturing Palpatine. They're going to the ship, and uh, Mace Windu tries to force, like, crush him essentially, mm. and grabs him yep. with the Force and crushes Grievous's like midsection. All right. And that's why then he has like issues. All right. Yep. Yeah, but again, like that, I mean, it's nice little kind of like backstory stuff. But yep. like as for as far as character development, like whatever, he has a fucked up voice. I'll I don't really need need to know too much about it. I I think for me it was just more of like you're introducing a pretty cool looking character. Again, they mm. they introduced a, a pretty, I think, interesting and unique villain, but you get no story on him. You get no backstory, yeah, and then he's killed just like Darth Maul for no reason. <laughs> He's supposed to be like all of these iterations are supposed to be like a um, development of like the Darth Vader character. So like sure. really how how I remember this character was kind of conceived was he was supposed to be Darth Vader 1.0. Like the the yeah. idea of saving a dying being with some sort of like enhancement in mechanics 
that's what you get with that's the first version of it and Darth Vader is the second version of him yeah because they essentially took the 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 organs from Grievous and put him in he was dying at a, before yeah. the Clone Wars and they put him in this this machine to get to to yeah to test out the whole Darth Vader idea I don't yeah. know dude and then so there is a backstory to him too but that would that I'm showed aware. up in a uh, a comic book oh did you read that comic book Good for you I mean I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just told you. <laughs> did yeah. I not just tell you? you no, like, you did. I happened? didn't know if you were like, <laughs> I didn't know if you were pulling out of your ass or you actually just saw it. But I'm it just, was, it was a good I'm just spitballing, book. dude. I nice. I'm, I was into Star Wars like you were, brother. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they fucking did me wrong, and I'm pulling out. But you're just keeping, you're just keeping it going. And that was the same book that did that whole Darth Maul thing with the mechanical <laughs> legs. But yeah, it was just saying, it was a good book. It was Star Wars Visionaries, I think they called it. All right, let's, let me recap, because we got to get back on track here. Let me recap most watchable scenes. So this is what I have. Anakin and Obi-Wan fight Count Dooku. Jedis confront Palpatine, execute Order 66. Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader, and Yoda versus Darth Sidious, which is simultaneous. Jared, do you have any scenes that were most watchable that you would like to add? The one I had, I put uh, I put two, actually. I put the Opera House, which at the time I was like, yeah, okay. this is kind of okay. But then I realized upon rewatch, A, what is this thing they're watching and who would watch it? It's like a bunch of floating spheres and like sure. fish flying around in it. <laughs> it was the Mon Calamari. There's a Calamari floating around. And it's uh, Palpatine's being so heavy-handed. Like he basically just goes, hey, Anakin, I'm fucking evil. And Anakin's like, really? Interesting. So that was, but I thought it was my point of view. Yeah, exactly. So, but I thought it was okay. And the other one, it wasn't even the whole scene. It was the scene at the end when they kind of just juxtaposed uh, Anakin getting, you know, like fixed, you know, getting fixed up when he's all burned. And then like, they kind of like went over to Padme, who was like having the kids at the same time. I was like, I get what you're going for visually. I guess that's not the worst idea. Uh, yeah, again, that yeah. that works really well in a different movie with a different director. Yes, definitely. Mm. But I mean, it doesn't help that it, there's I, no. It doesn't help that she dies from loneliness at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and and none of them. She's giving a shit performance. Uh, Hayden's giving a shit performance. Like that scene holds some weight in a different movie or with yeah. just different actors. Yeah, totally. But it's Fair. yeah. Again, he just can. <laughs> George Lucas is not a human being, so he doesn't understand emotions. Wow. Rob, are there scenes you would like to add? I do. I do have a number of scenes I would like to add. A number of scenes. Rob, Fuck. A Rob we're at like an hour already, like by the way. <laughs> this is the first All right, question. so shut up. So the, there's a scene in the middle of the movie that Anakin actually goes to Yoda for some like clarity and help. So they're kind of like in this room. They're meditating together. The lighting is really well done. And it's really the only scene that they have Anakin talking directly to Yoda. And then they have kind of like a conversation and Anakin is like legitimately asking for Yoda's help and Yoda is attempting and kind of giving him some like words of wisdom but it doesn't kind of click but it's a scene that I feel like is very kind of like glazed over um most of the time so you know and the the whole scene's about death so there's a line in it um and it'll go to the most memorable line but I'll bring it up here because it's coming up is like death is a natural part of life rejoice for those around you who transform into the force more of them do not miss them do not attachment leads to jealousy the shadow of greed that is so it's like it's this kind of interesting lesson that Yoda is trying to give him that just doesn't kind of click in his head because he's so obsessed with like the death of Padme or the potential death of Padme so again it's a great scene it just goes unnoticed um my second scene believe it or not is the i have the high ground scene 
And as much as you fools will like mock this, I really think it is kind of like a good scene because it like exhibits a lot of things. So it's Anakin being like overconfident. It's Obi-Wan trying to kind of warn him that this is not necessarily the right thing to do. But more than that, there's a line given out in that, that the Obi-Wan line, which he's like crying out to him. And again, a different director, this scene would have worked so much better. But when he's calling out to him and he's like, you're the chosen one, you were my brother, I loved you. I mean, those are like heavy, heavy things. But it just kind of falls a little like generic and flat in it, which is the, uh, the disappointing part of it. So that is... Yeah, there it is. So it's, you know, it is, it kind of, it kind of works. And then like my last of the most memorable things, and then I'll get off the soapbox, is really like that, the last like three minutes when they're kind of like trying to put all the pieces in to kind of like get to episode four. So like the Alderaan scene and like the Tatooine scene and the Dagobah scene, you know, it's just, those are kind of like nice little notes trying to like get us all into the mood for the original trilogy. So there's my list. You're such a I'll sucker. Short bow. I guess so. I like those scenes those are terrible. <laughs> that last scene. Just an asshole. That last scene that is just forced down our throat with fucking Aunt Peru and Uncle mm. Owen. Like, uh, get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> Aunt Peru? That's terrible. God. Jared, uh, what's your favorite? What's your most watchable scene of the whole? Giving movie? you a moment of genuine feeling, and you're like, "Yeah, it's yeah. fucking stupid." You, I get the, I get the <laughs> Obi Wan scene. I get mm-hmm. that. I get with his, he because Ewan is trying his fucking hardest in this movie, right? and I get it. And I don't disagree with you that when he delivers that that you know those those that one sentence, but then it's ruined as soon as fucking little baby Anakin. Oh, I hate you. Like it's fucking. <laughs> Ruined. It ruins the scene. And also, why does he hate Obi Wan so hard? Like, what did Obi Wan do? Did Obi Wan do exactly? You won't let me murder children. I hate you. (laughs) Jarrett. Yeah, mine was the opera house. That's um. Okay. (laughs) Mine was the fish floating in a bubble. Yeah, I was like, yeah, because you love. You were pumped to see George Lucas on 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 screen. Was he in that? Yeah, yeah, he's the fucking like security guard <coughs> guy that's letting them in. Does he have to be in his? His daughter well, is in it too. Oh yeah, isn't she with the Jedi that gets uh, killed in front of um? Uh, what's his name? Friend that's Jimmy her son. Smith? That's his that's, son. Yep, yeah, that's that's Jet Lucas. That's Jet, Jet Lucas. Son. Jet Lucas. Fucking. Yeah. yeah, his daughter is walking behind Palpatine when they're walking into the opera house. Are they not? No, no. They, well, the both daughters are in it. It's you're yeah. absolutely right with that one. But then his other daughter is talking to him in the scene right before the opera house. Yeah. All right, Rob, what's your what's your most watchable? I just gave you. No, you gave me six scenes. Which one is your most? Every episode you do this. I always screw this up. I don't understand how I just gave you six. It's my most yeah, watchable. But what is scene your? Is, so that, look, hold shut on. up. This is, I have the high ground. It's my favorite. Is my this most is watchable how the, scene. This is how the podcast goes. We go through <laughs> all the scenes, right? We go through the categories. Uh, I tell uh-huh. you what I thought was. For each category, you uh-huh. jokers add if you'd like to, but then we would say am. which one of the of the nominees is our favorite. That's how it wins. Excuse me, that's Anthony, how it works. My most watchable scene is the <laughs> "I have the high ground" scene. Shocker. <laughs> my uh, um. my most watchable scene I did not have on the list. It's when the movie ends. So that's mm-hmm. my favorite. That's when too you much. hear the, that's too much. the fucking the theme. That's it. Um, <laughs> 
Do you think that Sorry. George Lucas has ever been in love or actually knows what human emotion is like? <laughs> um, I, I vote no. Okay. Uh, Rob. I'm sure he's a lovely man who has a lot of love to give to the world. You know but he's, he's a not weird a guy. lovely man. You know he's not a lovely man. Maybe he's just a weird guy and like people just don't get him. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know if this is a new category for this pod, but it's going to stick in. It's the what the fuck moment. <laughs> I think we've had these before, but so these are moments that good or bad, they just say what the fuck. So here are the ones I have. Anakin cuts off Dooku's hands and head. Cause don't forget he cuts off his head. Obi-Wan riding a giant lizard. <laughs> Anakin kills younglings. Padme gives up and dies. Darth yeah, Vader lights on fire <laughs> and Frankenstein Darth Vader. <laughs> Jared, would you, do you have any you would like? To uh, I, I wrote a couple of those and then the only other one I wrote was, it actually happens in the opening crawl where it says heroes on both sides. Is this supposed to be <laughs> good versus evil? Like, what do you mean heroes on both sides? Uh, the separatists in some point of view might be Oh, heroes. right. I forgot that there's different points of view. I'm sorry. So it's, Different points I'm just going to go ahead and scratch that off. And yeah, uh, yeah I think that the, the two I wrote was that cutting the hands off and uh, yeah, the setting, get, getting set on fire and Anakin just going, uh, sorry, Obi-Wan just going, you know, hey, peace out. I know we were brothers and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, get fucked. <laughs> like, why doesn't he just kill him at that point? If he's just going to leave him to die, why not I, just like... Exactly. <laughs> And then oh, Ewan McGregor, God bless his soul, does this little look when he lights on fire. Like, I can't look, but I'm going to mm. look, but I can't look. Like, he turns his head and you're like, come on, He's man. like, ooh, free lightsaber. Like, <laughs> yeah, none of that is actually happening. So, Rob, mm. what the fuck moment? My only real what the fuck scene is the um, R2-D2 um, <laughs> blows up the two battle droids via yeah. fire. So that I think can't, that's a good there's no way that, so you don't have a problem with Frankenstein, Darth Vader. I'm good with Frankenstein, Darth Vader. I thought that you... was great. No, you <laughs> I thought no, you it was didn't. great. I did. I really did. Because like, listen, the, the whole, the purpose of the movie is to get Anakin in the suit. Oh, and yeah. that's the, that's <laughs> the moment he's in the suit. So Help like, Darth... understand the purpose of Revenge of the Sith. That it, to get Anakin into the suit is the okay. purpose of it, Revenge of the Sith. Jared, do you have a problem with Frank Frankenstein, Darth Vader? I mean, the only big problem I was okay with it until did he just scream no in the original version, or was that one of the special edition edits? Which, no, that that was the original. Yeah, version. so fuck that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> special edition was the Return of the Jedi. No, right when he's fault. about to throw the Emperor. Into right, the, right, 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 yeah. But uh, do you feel bad for 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 James Earl Jones having to come back for that? I mean, he he got paid. <laughs> I'm sure he got paid. So good for him. I'm sure he got paid. He did okay. Right. He did okay. All right. So my my what the fuck moment is um, Frankenstein, Darth Vader. I hated it then. I hate it now. It's terrible. Uh, I was so excited for that scene that I I'm watching it like freaking a crackhead, and I look over to my wife, my then seven month pregnant wife who is dead asleep. <laughs> and I'm waiting 20 some odd years to see them put somebody in the suit. And I'm just like, what is that? So apparently she just kind of fell asleep because she was like super pregnant. So, Jared, does this movie make you feel differently about Darth Vader? It does. And I remember 
afterwards, when I was like, after like, you know, you saw him in the suit, I watched the original trilogy and I was like, I can't believe this fucking guy is in this fucking suit right now. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <sighs> okay. But yeah, it's it made, like, first of all, just hearing Darth Vader in the Darth Vader voice say the name Padme, I was like, that feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's, Where's Padme? Padme? Is she okay? I love her. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. It, it, it did not do Darth Vader any favors. Uh, even in Rogue Rob. It's meant to be tragic. It's meant to be tragic. Even in Rogue One, when that's he pops back up, I'm like, no, oh, no, that's Hayden Christensen, and this is stupid. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. See, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more. Rogue One. That moment in Rogue One when he pops up and he fucking destroys all the dudes on the uh, the shuttle is like everything ten year old Anthony wanted in a Star Wars movie with Darth Vader. Oh uh, no, I've yeah, it was everything ten year old Jarrett wanted too, but it's just it's in the back of my head now. It can't be unseen. But are, so you're okay with so Sebastian Stan didn't do that for you, or Sebastian Shaw it, didn't do that for you, where where. When they undo the fucking yeah. is it Sebastian Shaw or Sebastian Stan? It's Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw, Stan is it. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who would equally be as bad as Christensen? Um, when in, in 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 Return of the Jedi, when when fucking Luke takes his helmet off, wasn't that moment like that guy's not really in that suit? Not, not, I, I don't know. What? A, how old was I? I was like eight or whatever. The Jedi came out. I was like, I I got over that. Eighty three. No, it was five. All right, there you go. All right. <laughs> Rob, does it make you feel uh, differently about Darth Vader? Does this movie? No, I never like. Yeah, no, I never, I never had that. I know where you guys are coming from, but I never had. I, I, I very much compartmentalize the prequels and the trilogy, and then the new sequels. Like it's very, everything is very separate. So none of that stuff ruins um, the trilogy for me. I'm still good. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Standout performance. And I say that very, very loosely. Well, so Ewan McGregor yeah. is Obi Wan, and uh, Ian McDermott is Palpatine. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Jared, you got anybody you want to? No, add? I, put, I put Palpatine, but I also put a question mark next to it because <laughs> I still like <laughs> was he good? I'm with you. Like there are the scenes, like the opera house scene, where I'm like, he's he's killing it, right? He's doing a great job. And then there's even the scene where he tells Anakin, like, "Yep, I'm yeah. a Sith." That's not a bad scene. <laughs> But you don't like the, no, 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 you must die. You don't like that stuff. Yeah, that's not him, I don't think. Obviously, that's the writing. Because they need to, yeah. like you said, they need to bridge what we know, how the Emperor sounds. Sure. We need to bridge that. That's just, it's not his fault. It's just shit. But yeah. I think McDermott is much better in, like, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Hmm. He's tried. I mean, there, there are two actors in all three of them. That are just busting their ass. And it's Ian McDermott and Ewan McGregor. Those guys are like working, working. Yeah. But the other one that I, I think you would agree is mm -hmm. going to be John Williams. Because he's the other one that kind of poured himself into these movies. And not yeah. necessarily as much as the other ones did. So there's, there's, there's a little bit of, of that too. But if we're going to kind of go standard acting performance, I'm with you guys. It's Ian McDermott. Not Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan's trying, but they just it, he falls a little flat himself. There are certain scenes that he could really kind of do something with, but I do think he's trying. He's just not, you know, it's not quite there. Okay. Yeah. Worst performance. It's pretty easy. It's, there's, so there's Hayden, right? Hayden Christensen. 
Mm. There's Natalie Portman. And there's George Lucas. <laughs> uh, Jared, do you have anybody? You I actually wrote add? Samuel Jackson. Just, what? just because Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson should yeah. not be playing a calm, collected, stoic Jedi. He should be the Jedi that's <laughs> three days out from retirement that doesn't want a new partner, like angry. Like it's, <laughs> it's just not what he should be doing. I'm too old for this. Exactly. Shit. Isn't that is that Danny Glover? Yeah, yeah. right. But that, <laughs> the basics of it. Should, I got you. He should be pissed off and murdering people. <laughs> Rob, do you have anybody you want to add to this? No, it's Portman, a hundred percent. I blame her for Whoa, a lot of like shots the fired. Yeah, no, Portman is terrible because it it's because she clearly can act. Um, she I mean, she she could try a little bit more. She's just not. But let me um, ask you this. Let me yeah. ask you this. Yeah, is it her fault that George Lucas took an incredibly like strong female character in Phantom Menace and even Attack of the Clones, and essentially made her barefoot and pregnant this whole movie? Like, is that her fault that she has nothing to do in this fucking movie? Do you want my deeply honest opinion on this? Of course. My deeply honest opinion is every actor, to a degree, is in charge of their character. So she, if she really wanted to kind of, like, really make a deal about this, she could have stood her ground and be like, I find fundamentally how what you're doing with this character is wrong, and I refuse to play it. She could have done that, but she chose not to. She chose to be like, give me the script, I'll read it, and then let's go forward. So she does have to take some blame for it. I'm not saying she's not terrible. She's atrocious. Hayden is given every opportunity in this movie to have a very interesting story arc. Yeah, yep. Like, more than any other Star Wars movie, Yeah. he has a complete story arc. Sure. And he fucking shits the bed in two movies. He's, so for, he was, I, I, I would argue he, it's, it's Hayden Christensen's fault and it's too bad because yeah, it's, yeah, it, of course it is it's his, his fault. fault, but he was poorly casted is the, the grander narrative. They needed somebody else. Whoever casted these movies is really kind of the, 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 the sole person that we're kind of, we really need to kind of yell at a little bit. Listen, it's his fault, right? But it's yeah. also, it's the writing as well. Like you can't sure. get away from the writing. So I think for you to say that hey, that Natalie Portman should have said, "Hey, write me a better character, or I'm not doing the movie," and then being like, "It's okay, Hayden." I present to you the original trilogy. So the sure. original trilogy, those not they weren't ad libbed by any stretch of the imagination, but right. they were kind of like added to because the actors had some say in what the characters and how they were delivering it until Return yeah. of the Jedi, and they just kind of gave up. So again, if you ask me, is it her fault? Like there, she did have an opportunity there to kind of make the character more than it was. She, she chose has nothing not to do written. It. Every scene, she's braiding her hair, lamenting right. about having a baby yes. while being yes. pregnant and barefoot. She has no opportunity to do anything. And even in the cut scenes, there are scenes that they're trying to convince her to join the rebellion and all these kind of extra deleted scenes. She sucks in those too. So it's just I. I Again, I think fundamentally that character didn't work. I think she brought nothing to it. I think she did have an opportunity to kind of change it, and then she just didn't do. But Rob, don't you think that by the time the prequels <laughs> rolled around, like now George Lucas is nerd Jesus. Like he's he's not the little film student, and then you know the other two from the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah. yeah now it's fair. like, hey, I. George, can I make a choice here? And him going, no, that's just not what, no. Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely fair because you're absolutely right because in that moment, and that's the difference between them. 
is that everyone questioned his methods in the first trilogy and no one questioned his methods on this one. You're absolutely right. Nobody was around to be like, George, this sucks. But I'm just saying she could have, but she chose not to. Any one of them could have. Again, I don't disagree with you that she gives a terrible performance, but I think that she's limited on what she's given. Yes, she could say, hey, I'm not going to work. You need to write a better script. But then you have a person who has a good story arc and just mails it in. Can't, right. He can't fucking do anything. I don't think he mailed it in. I think that's the best he's got. I think oh, that really I, okay. is. We got the best Hayden Christensen had in that movie. That's not true. There's movies that he's been much better. Jumper? <laughs> no. What was the movie? What was the movie? Heart? Was it Hard Glass? Oh, sh- uh, was, uh, Shattered Glass. Like a, Shattered yeah. Glass. It's a, it's a great movie where he's a journalist. Great movie. Uh. Came out right before this, these movies did, or right after. I can't Around remember. the same time. It, yeah, it's great. Little Italy. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry. The Sam, the, the, I was going to say the Samuel L. Jackson Award for overacting. We might need to rename it. The Jamie Foxx Award for overacting. There's only one person, and it's Sam Jackson. Oh. Here's a question. What do you mean, oh? <laughs> is there, oh. <laughs> I could have, is there a such thing as underacting? Because I think everyone playing a Jedi was underacting. <laughs> like okay, ev- like example. Example. Okay, so Palpatine tells Anakin, "Hey, I'm I'm the Sith Lord," or Anakin figures it out, and Anakin goes, "I'm going to have to tell people about this," and calmly walks out of the room <laughs> with no urgency. And it happens again when he tells Mace Window, and Mace Window goes. I'm going to have to, this is a concern. And they walk out of the room. Like, there's, there's no energy to anyone. Like, do they not get what's going on? My thing is with that is, like, are the, are the, are the Jedi really that in tune to the, to the Force where they can't understand no. that Palpatine is the, is the Sith, Anakin is fucking Padme, and they're going to have a baby? Like, nobody can understand any of this? Well, there's a scene that they say that the the, their ability to like use the force has been diminished. I think it's in this clouded. It's like clouded by the by the dark side. They say right. I don't give a fuck. Is it is it so clouded that they can't tell that Anakin and Padme are sharing an apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Like, and and they're not making they're not attempting to be like to hide it. No, like Obi Obi Wan, the fucking the Emperor. The, the the whatever he's called at that point and like half of the 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 parliament are walking by and portman's like standing there behind a pillar and he's like well, i'll be i'll catch up with you guys and then they're pretty much fucking behind a pillar why everybody else wow. by. they're not fucking you know what i'm saying though I... <laughs> like fucking jar jar binks is walking by that's his only uh, line mm-hmm. i'm aware all right i'm just saying just throwing a little trivia out there all right, so, so Jared, you you're going not overacting. You're going. I'm going. Underacting. I can name a lot of people under like overacting. I mean, maybe like what was Samuel Jackson wasn't over the top. So now he said he was overacting. That's what. No, nah, but he's not over the top. But to your point, he's supposed to be like a stoic Jedi, and his face never looks like stoic Jedi. His face looks like I'm going to shoot you in the face. And he's like his, and he's he not. Looks sh- like he should he's... be shooting people in the face, and he's not. So to me, that that's I underacting. <laughs> My. I guess what I mean with with him and overacting is like he's pulling back like everything inside of him to not be normal Sam Jackson in this movie. Oh yeah. So because of that, he's like overacting in a completely different way than he would normally be. I mean, from a certain point of view, true. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Leonard. I got Hayden Christensen mainly because 
the uh, I am so in love with you scene for overacting. Oh, man. Do do you need the audio right now? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do we we need the audio from? Here we go. You are so (laughs) beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it's because I'm so in love with you. And she she just looks awful in this scene. And it's too bad because it's just like it's skull with hair and she just she she doesn't look <laughs> correct. And it was a pickup Fuck. scene, but it was like the moment it's like, what the hell is wrong with Natalie Portman? And that's but the moment he laments. Por- she's got like the the poor schnicken thing, right? The thing that she wears on her chest that he <laughs> gave her. Isn't that what he calls it? <laughs> from from Phantom Menace. Oh my god. She's got the scrabble piece on her chest. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> Um, I care for you. I care for you too. <laughs> it's oh, just God. you miss your mother. Why do you have to bring up my mother at the time like this? It was a real weird scene. Are you an angel? <laughs> oh. An angel. Fuck that, kid. Uh, that poor guy is like having my name a hard is Anakin, right and I'm now. a person, or I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. Fuck he's you, got, George Lucas. Fuck you, George Lucas. He's like he's got like real psychological like problems and trauma. So best wishes to Jake Lloyd. Hope you pull out of it, buddy. Yeah, good job, George. Like like steering a young child through the the most toxic fan base in the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I did put I so I had Hayden Christensen on there. I had Matthew Wood on there as uh, the as voice Grievous? of General of Grievous. Yeah, I think I he's like a Grievous over in the this top. movie. Yeah, well, you know, a little over the top. He's a fucking four armed. Like bug, like what do you mean well, over the top? Like that's what he's. he's to I be. feel like he's overacting. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. And then um, I put Nick Gillard as the stunt coordinator for all of the okay. over much. What do you give me that face for? I don't know. You're dismissing my answers. My answers are fantastic. I'm listening. I'm listening. As you, <laughs> for the Who's over the top one? lightsaber scenes. Who's the number one, Rob? Hayden Christensen. Okay. Cool. I'm still going with Sam Jackson. <laughs> Jarrett is bringing something new to the table, underacting, which we're going to figure out how to work that in. All right, who did the most of the least? I was going to say Frank Oz as Yoda because I just like to hear Frank Oz as Yoda, right? We don't get that many opportunities. Yoda's not great in this movie. I remember thinking like how cool he looked in this movie originally, and then now he just likes over- looks overly CGI like trash. I think the person who did the most of the least is James Earl Jones. Because, again, <laughs> we don't get to hear him as Darth Vader very often. We get to hear him in this. He has, like, five lines. No matter if it's no, whatever he <laughs> says, where's Padme? You're still pumped. You're still pumped to hear Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, for me, it's him. Jared, who do you got? Uh, I put I put Ewan. I mean, he was trying the hardest at everyone. And, like, Palpatine, like... Palpatine, he was just insane. I don't think he did a lot with it. He just like lost his shit for a lot of it. But Ewan was trying. Okay. He had nothing to work with. He really, he really gave it the college try. <laughs> All right. He has the high ground. He does have the high ground. Okay. Rob, are you upset that he's not going to have his beard when you get a photo op mm-hmm. with him? That would be. I'm super like bummed about it because that last interview that Beth posted on the Discord app, he does not have the beard. And that was disappointing, so I am kind of bummed out about that, but whatever. Um, so I have Frank Oz as well, but, you know, for all the reasons you just said. But the other one I threw in there was uh, Jimmy Smith's. No, because... <laughs> no, 
<laughs> Nobody cares about because him. Because it, it comes down to a guy who's like trying because he doesn't kind of see where he is as far as like where in the movie he's actually, you know, what purpose he has. But I feel like that guy is trying. Has anybody ever looked more out of place in a Star Wars movie than fucking Jimmy Smith? Maybe Laura but, Dern? Maybe? Yeah. yeah, maybe Laura Dern. But again, he pulls it out in Rogue One. I think he did a great job in Rogue One. Is he in Rogue One? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Jimmy Smith is in Rogue he One. Pop, Fuck yes. The, like, there's a whole little like, oh my God scene. Like, oh my God, it's Jimmy Smith. Uh, I totally don't remember. Oh. So, yeah, Completely. So I'm, I'm giving it to Jimmy Smith. You're giving the person who did the most of the least to, to fucking Jimmy Bale Smith. Organa, this, Jimmy This prestigious Smith. award yes. you're giving to Jimmy Smith. <laughs> hey, it means something, I'm not Jared. saying it, it means I'm not something. saying it doesn't. Every one of these categories means something. I'm giving Jared, it has Smith. anybody ever said Jimmy Smith killed it in Star I, Wars? I don't think those words have ever been said in that sequence in human history. I didn't say that. I just said he did a lot, but not a lot. <sighs> Doesn't he just like yell at the kid? Like when the kid's getting like mowed down by fucking stormtroopers? Doesn't he just no, yell at the helping? There's a whole bit. He is there to pick up the pieces when he's finding uh, freaking Padme. He's there letting Yoda know she's about to give birth. Uh, he's saving Yoda. Um, he's bossing people around on like the big white ship. There's all sorts of shit. Also, how does Jimmy Smith get to claim the kid? <laughs> like, what should we do with these two children? Oh, I'll just take one. Right? I'm allowed. To- yeah, it's like me and my wife have been wanting <laughs> you a kid. Just give us a kid, right? Yeah, that's so how it works. To- yeah, we're gonna go back to Alderaan, this- <laughs> and then we're all gonna get fucked. The- <laughs> we're all gonna get blown up in this technological <laughs> republic. We have no foster system we can work out. Who's <laughs> gonna watch over her? Uh. That's what he was doing. Why not keep the kids together? <sighs> don't get, get, don't get Rob started on this. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this question, Rob. Okay, why do they give Leia to a senator in like what appears to be like one of the best white privilege fucking <laughs> Alderaan, and then they send fucking Luke to the goddamn desert to live like like a slave? Because if they find one, they won't find the other. Right, but why yeah. does one go to one place that's like the best, the, again, white privilege, fucking luck Alderaan, of the draw. best place ever. Luck of the draw. Luck of the huh. draw. I got a lot of problems with this movie, man. White lot privilege of and Alderaan. Who knew? I mean, Jared, am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, they could have sent Leia to one side of Tatooine and then Luke to the other side of Tatooine. But they're like, no, let's just <laughs> give her this rich dude. His and family then, was there. They gave him back to Uncle Owen uh, and Aunt Peru. Real incognito. Let's give Luke to my fucking <laughs> aunt and uncle, or my, my brother. Like, he, God, never mind. All right. It's all bad, dude. It's all bad. Not a lot of thought in this movie, George. Come on. Does this still hold up? So this is the question of, we watched it. At the moment, it was great. 15 minutes, or 15 uh, years later, is it still great? The effects, <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. The dialogue, I mean, I would question, did it hold up in 2005 or were we just all a little <laughs> bit more like, okay, it wasn't terrible. And and then again, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader. Because in the moment, you thought that was the greatest lightsaber fight we've ever seen in our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And you watch it now and it's literally just two guys standing doing like some arm movements really fast. Yeah. 
Jared, Jared yeah. do you have anything you no, want? No, I don't even think this movie held up until we made it to the car in the parking lot on the way up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that a boy, George. That a boy. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> Rob, why do you why do you continue to be on the podcast? I don't know. I'm just getting abused, and that's fine. I, I think a voice need a sweet, innocent, understanding voice needs to kind of be brought to the angry. Views oh no! That you guys no, are no, 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 no. Okay, first of all, we have that in Beth. Oh. Number two, you are not sweet and innocent. You shit totally on certain am. things. I do. But not then, when it when you. it becomes some when it's something that's near and dear to you, it's the greatest thing ever. I didn't say this is the greatest thing ever. I just don't think no. it is. You can't dismiss it so quickly. You were the gentleman who, on a podcast, said, "Do we need another Wonder Woman?" But then you're down for Star Wars. You know, eight hundred and sixty-seven. That we don't need another Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah, that was the question. Do You asked, do we need another Wonder Woman, but then no. you're super excited about another Star Wars movie. Yeah, because freaking my, I live and breathe Star Wars, so, if, you know. It's, but so again, I have point. always argued that we do not need another Star Wars movie right now. We need a break. I did say that many, 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 many times. I don't even. What, what category were we even on? Does this we just up? wrapped uh, up. Who did the most? Up? No. Uh, does it hold up? We just did. Does no. this hold up, Rob? No. <laughs> Good talk. Never. It doesn't. the The effects and the the dialogue and all that shit. It does not hold up. Because you can. You, it the... is. It is night and day from the sequel trilogy. You know, even if you're like looking at this versus um, episode eight, which you love. Um, yeah, it does not. Rob Leonard, you've been on yes, the sir. podcast many times. You've yeah. been on long-form movie discussions many times. Sure, I'm many. not asking you if the movie holds up as a whole. Yeah. I gave you specific things, and I'm asking you if there yeah. are specific things that do not hold up for you in the movie still. And you just said the movie. <laughs> yeah. The movie doesn't hold up. Cool. Next yes. category. Excellent. Well, you got to ask Jared. Jared, gave, Jared was the first person who gave me the answers. Oh. <laughs> I'm paying the next question is this still this still holds up? So these are things that actually still hold up from the movie. Ah, when okay. you watch them now, yeah. for me again, I think General Grievous still holds up. Still a cool character, like looking character. I don't think he. I think it's creative <laughs> what they were trying to do with him. I don't watch it and think like, oh, he looks like Watto. Like it, it works. Uh, and then Ewan McGregor, I think his performance still holds up to the best of that ability. Jarrett. <sighs> I didn't put I, like I didn't. Even put, I had no clue what the fuck to write for like what actually holds up. But I, yeah, I mean, Grievous and, that, and that's as fair. Grievous as little as they were. Like I don't think he actually looks bad. Like it's it seems like there would be, yeah. you know, kind of something. There's still something there that they could have worked with. But yeah, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Okay. Um, but ugh, I can't picking good things out of this movie is fucking impossible. <laughs> Rob, the music holds up. Ah, okay. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. The end. It does hold up, but is it anything different than what we've heard before? No, and particularly this one. I think that your your most unique of the prequels is going to be the uh, episode one soundtrack. Um, this didn't have anything that stood out too too much, but it is. I mean, if you're looking for elements that's that continue to stand out, that would be it. So that's all you got. That's all I got. All right. Would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? For me, yes, everybody. You can play any person in this movie, including Anakin, and I'm fucking in. 
Like literally, it could be him playing every role. <laughs> he could pay plat. He he could play Padme. It'll be great. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Are we ever gonna get a Darth Darth Plagueis like story on who he's supposed to be? That should have been who was like the major bad yeah. guy in Episode Nine. It just didn't happen. Jared, had other should Gary Oldman have been in this movie? Uh, I put him as Mace Windu, but I'm kind of on board for this. He should play every single character thing. <laughs> I'm in, right? Him is Jar Jar Binks. Gary Oldman is Jar Jar Binks. I'm in. Take you know, okay, mind. you know what? I, here's what I want. So there's this guy, I forget his name, who does a, he does a show that's called One Man Star Wars, and he literally, like... Oh. So yeah, Rob, me and Rob saw that, that, that celebration. Yeah, we yeah. saw it. Sure. Uh, I want to see the prequel One Man Star Wars with Gary Oldman doing the whole show. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's. Can we pull our resources and like get some money together? We, and, and I think we can get a Kickstarter going. All right, let's do it. Rob, <laughs> I got nobody. I actually put no as the answer to the Gary Oldman question. I it, there's really there. Yeah, there's nobody there. He wouldn't be a better Obi Wan. You know, no offense. Um, he would not be age appropriate for Anakin. He wouldn't be a better Palpatine. Um. You know, Natalie Portman's got better legs. It's it. There's just <laughs> so much he couldn't do. You're um, telling me a ca- multi-time Academy Award nominated and yes. Academy Award winning Gary Oldman yes. could not couldn't have improve any Palpatine. <laughs> no, I don't think he could. I really don't think he could. He couldn't have played Palpatine. I, uh, no, there's only one person who could play he, Palpatine. It's freaking. He Palpatine. couldn't have been Count Dooku. Uh no. He couldn't have been. No, Mace I just Windu. can't see him in it. No, I just I don't see him in oh. any of these roles. Huh. Huh. Could he have been in Justice League? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he could have been um Commissioner. He could Gordon. have made it a B plus. <laughs> could have made it a B plus. Man, I make All one right. statement like that. It's like I'm gonna relive the, the rest worst. of my life. And PS, not for nothing. Just because I didn't like 1917, how do we even compare 1917 to <laughs> Justice League? I think that is an unfair comparison. Just because I was not into it, and I gave what I felt was like a very like meh kind of review, it didn't oh, blow okay. my hair back. Let me, let me, I didn't make that comment. I have not seen 1917, so I can't tell you how great or, or not is it. You prefaced the conversation with Justice League by saying the reason it gets a B is because, like, they tried as hard as they could and they put it out. <laughs> That's literally what you said. Oh, so then you take tried. a movie that, by all accounts, is one of the best movies of last year. Again, I have not seen it. I'm just yeah. saying, based on what people are saying, you didn't like yeah. it. I get it. Nope. Yep. But then for you to say, eh, <laughs> I think it might be. Because you didn't say, like, I understand Justice League, like, it's not a great movie, but at least I give them credit for, like, making the effort. That's not what you said. You said a B. I said said a B. B. All right. (laughs) So that's, like, one of the worst things. Yeah, I just can't. I can't even justify it anymore. It was uh, whatever. I'm not getting into that. But anyway, the bottom line is that 1917, for me, was very uneventful. And sure. it was just like, I just, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around why people were going so bananas for it. That's it. That's my two cents. I get it. You Got also it. didn't like Irishman. I enjoyed I Irishman. I did not like the Irishman. So. Nope. I found the Irishman yeah. to be very boring. Okay. So that's Most me. memorable line. I only wow. have three. Oh. And I'm sure Rob's going to have a shit ton. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So I have Sith Lords are our speciality. <laughs> I thought that was like a, a funny line that I didn't remember that Obi-Wan gave. I thought that was funny. 
Uh, the dark side of the force is a force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Mm. I can't give it in the same tone that Ian McDermott does, but good scene or good uh good line. And then you were the chosen one. It was once said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them, bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness, which I know Rob's getting a boner right now. That is his oh line, I'm goodness. sure. Jared, are there lines that you would like to add? Well, first of all, the Sith lo- the Sith Lords are a speciality. It was funny to me. Just because the last two movies, they've just been getting the shit kicked out of them by Sith Lords. Yeah, they literally got shit whipped by Count Dooku last yeah. movie. Your guy Anakin lost a fucking arm. There's no speciality. Yoda doesn't show up. They're both dead. But uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, the only line I had, I put a when uh, when Obi Wan said I failed you, I was like, all right, that's kind of a decent reading of a decent. Decent line. I felt it a little bit. But other than that, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> just everything about this. That's that, was, that was the only line I had. Like, when you just said I failed you, that was the only thing that hit, hit me with any weight. Rob? Yeah. So, well, all right. So, I've got the Obi-Wan failed line. I got the dark side of the Force of Pathway line. Chancellor Palpatine. Sith Lords are a speciality. I have all that. I've got the... Um, Yoda line that I just gave you a little while ago, death is a natural part of life, but here's all the other shit that I've already got. Um, so there's a line that <laughs> is a shit. very cheesy line, but I just love the line. So just forgive mm-hmm. me. So they're right about there. Anakin and Obi-Wan are just about to fight. And it's like your anger and lust for power have already done that. It's just, it's just one of like, it feels like a comic book line. But it was just, it, I don't know, it was like one of my favorite lines for some strange reason. Um, there's, uh, Yoda gives a lot of good lines as far as his like confronting uh, Palpatine, one of which is, faith in your new apprentice misplaced maybe, as is your faith in the dark side of the forest. Again, they're super cheesy lines, um, but I do love them. Um, and then the last one, because it's funny, is the I sense Lord Vader is in danger. So there's a lot of like weird lines <laughs> that Palpatine gives with just kind of great, um, whatever, g- delivery. And one of them is he's just kind of gazing off into La La Land. I sense Lord Vader is in danger. So I know. So those are my favorite lines there. So my favorite of the bunch is yes. the death is the natural part of life line. How's that? So you know not I mean? that you were the chosen one. Nope. I That's the one. <laughs> it is yeah, a my, great line. It, well, it, the I failed you is like a great line. Um, that's the, you know, that's the most emotionally connected. But the, fir- the best line written, in my humble opinion, is the death is a natural part of life line. All right. So I'm going with the dark side of the force. Force is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural. Because I think the way that, that McDermott uh, delivers that is pretty good. Jarrett literally said one yeah. thing. So I'm going to assume that's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Three little Besides, words. Samwise Gamgee Award for biggest wet blanket. Mm. So mm. I'm gonna go with uh, Rob's favorite Padme. Yep. Or just overall the entire Jedi Council because <laughs> they're not letting you fuck. They're not letting you like cut people's hands off. Like they're real judgy about stuff. <laughs> and it's like no wonder why people want to go to the the dark side. I Jerry. so I I put Padme because like. Anakin's trying to set up his business. You know, he's trying to get the Empire going. He's got a thing going. And she's just like, 
hey, are you sure we should be doing all this? He's like, come on, man. I'm just, I'm setting this up for us. We're going to be good. <laughs> come on, bro. Yeah, he's like, I, kill, I killed come a bunch on, of kids. I, like, I'm just trying to open up this vape store so we can get out of here, girl. Let's just do that. <laughs> Rob? Uh, yeah, it's Natalie Portman. It's, it's, it's uh, Padme in the biggest wet blanket. She's the one that's kind of like taking the air out of my balloon. So, yeah. Again, whose air is she taking out of the balloon? My air. <laughs> it's not about you. You're not. In the I know movie. it's not about me, but it's about how I feel. All right. I'm just trying to understand. Like, who is she? Who is she? Is it Anakin? Like, is she? Is she being terrible to him? Well, Anakin's out there trying to. I, I mean, if you want to play that game, as far as like who is like stopping Anakin from having all his fun, it's um, <laughs> Obi Wan. But it's you know the 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 one who like I feel like brings the movie down whenever sh they're on screen is fucking Padme. <laughs> All right, next category: <laughs> movie real estate. Yes. So there's there's three main planets in this movie. There's Mustafar, there's Coruscant, and there's uh, Utapa. Okay, Utapa is where General Grievous is. Utapau. Utapau. Whatever. What? <laughs> Ever. I'm just it's I'm a, just like making, you know, a correction. It's a made up word, Rob. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Where would you want to live, Jared? I put Coruscant because it seems to be relatively unaffected by this gal entire galaxy at war. Like <laughs> <laughs> ever like you look in the background, like people are still flying around, going to work. Like there's just like, oh, there's some Jedi's dying, but whatever. Like I you know, I'm still uh you know, life's still going for me. There's still yeah, groceries like, to the grocery store. You know, everything's fine. Like, <laughs> I think it's a fine place to live. Yeah, like the Jedi Temple is literally on fire. And, and, and like, everyone's just flying around. Like, there's no, you don't see anything degrading because of war. Nothing like that. Although, uh, apparently Darth Vader really loved uh, Mustafar because he built a castle there. <laughs> <laughs> Seems aggressive, right? There's a, it's a, it's a planet full of lava. He, I don't know if that'd be the ideal place. He, uh, he almost died. He's like, you know what? As long as when I was always dying on this lava planet, you know what? This looks like a good place to set up shop. <laughs> uh, Bobby Leonard. I would like to live in uh, Palpatine's office because for some reason I'm really into red carpets and uh, creepy things on the walls. So I think that is the best place to live. Just open space, nice views. I'm a lot living of death in, in that apartment. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. What I do you guess. mean? You guess. Yeah, there's <laughs> three. It's got a nice three, airy room now. Jedi. They cleaned out that window. But yeah, yeah three Jedi it. that we know of. Yeah. Uh, Mace Windu got blasted out of the window. Yes. And I got to imagine that when he gets when he gets cooked with the uh, Force lightning, it probably leaves a pretty terrible smell in that office. I'm sure, like the melting of his face, maybe did not leave a yeah. great smell as well. But you know, yeah. I'm good there. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. What do you wish there was more of in this movie, Rob? <laughs> Uh, lightsaber battles? No. <laughs> um, good oh, dialogue. I, no, I, there, there's really, as far as, the thing that this movie needs the most is some levity. Um, so just some kind of fun in it, or some sort of humor, or some sort of positivity. The movie itself is a little bit too, um, it's kind of lost in its own tone. So the thing that it needs more than anything else is just like a little levity and just and even the droids who usually kind of bring that to it, they just didn't find it in this movie. So that's what it needs. Okay. Jared? I wanted I'm so ex I'm so excited to hear this. No, I answer. wanted I want more of people to have actual feelings. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you want? I want emotion. Everyone is just so casually indifferent to just about it. Like if look at the lights, the uh, the lightsaber fight at the end. If that was just like Anakin and Obi Wan on like the side of like a little hill, and it was just like brutal and not just like flipping on towers and you know. Were they on like rope swings at one point, like trying to kill each other? <laughs> just like if it was no. kind of like more like the fight that in uh, in Force Awakens, just like two people in like this little tiny area, just kind of you know going at each other. Like that would have been good, but no, just this video, just these video gamey fights that no one you don't give a shit what's going on. Like that's all I want. Just <laughs> like there's no actual there's no yeah there's no consequences. Yeah, that's fair. That's you don't care where anyone's fighting. Just like like come on, it's got to be something. I'm with you. Something there. Yeah. Something should answer. have happened to, you know, a, as devastated as Anakin was, something should have happened to Obi-Wan that, you know, maybe it's like unique in this movie and it's subtlety subtly kind of brought into like the cartoon series or whatever. But I I agree. There was no consequence to Obi-Wan in that fight. Mm. We all knew he was coming out. I mean, I could have. Well, they all got the, they, they all got force healing, right? <laughs> <laughs> they they this last movie, right? <laughs> See, so. and Palpatine could have just force healed Anakin all the way through, but just chose to yeah. put him in the suit anyway. He could have force healed himself. Yeah, he didn't have to go looking like an ugly motherfucker <laughs> no. the rest of the rest of the movies. He looks like a turtle. Mm. They could have fixed him. Wow. <laughs> I got nothing. I literally put nothing. No. I, I didn't. I didn't like. I wrote nothing. Like the word nothing. Nothing. No, I, I can't. You stand want this more movie, of dude. nothing? No, I. I want. I don't want any more of this movie. Like, I'm solid. Super solid. It's too bad. It's too bad. It is. All right, next next category, the best. So, was this the best that any of these... Was this the best movie for anybody? <laughs> so, I put Frank Oz. Is this the best uh, Frank Oz has ever been? No. no. Of course not. Okay, so I'm just asking the question. Hayden Christensen. No. Shattered, <sighs> shattered glass. No. <laughs> okay. Jumper. Rob? This is not the best that Hayden Christensen has. No, correct. He's still a young man. I mean, he could still make. Yeah, he might pull something out. You never know. Ewan McGregor. (laughs) No, no, no. How dare you? Oh, wait. uh... What's his best movie, Rob? (laughs) Ewan McGregor's best movie? I would say it's a mixture between uh, Big Fish and uh, probably Train Spotting. Not Moulin Rouge. Not when, no, that's, you know, that's a, that's, I, again, I love that movie for no good reason other than I love that movie. But as far as his performance goes, I put in those two movies. I mean, this movie by default, what about Ahmed Best? (laughs) (laughs) With his one line. He was in this movie and it was the best of the prequels. What else has he been in? That's true. That's true. I would say that he's better in Phantom Menace. Oh, he. I don't hate Jar Jar Binks. I don't like him. I don't think he brought anything to the movie, but I mean, he's just doing what George Lucas wants him to do. And he is not the biggest problem with that movie, I don't think. No. Fuck no. <laughs> no. I mean, they got no. rid of him for this movie. No, and no, still wasn't no. Good, so. I mean, Boss Noss shows up in this, Rob. He does. He's at the funeral scene. He's alike. <laughs> I'm going to the funeral. Fuck. Why is she wearing a Scrabble piece? Porschnicken. Porschnicken? What is that? That's what it's called. That's what it is. A Porschnicken? That's what he fucking calls it. I like the Porschnicken. No, that's not what it's called. That would be ridiculous. Okay. Okay. Look it up. 
Porschnicken? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Look, I just fucking said that. Jared just yeah, Jared. Something. yeah, why don't you yell at him for a little while? Uh, I put it on the floor. I won't be dropping it again. Uh, uh, whose movie is this? Uh, so I have George Lucas or Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I put George Jared. Lucas. Like, it's exactly what he wanted to make. He threw the basketball, said nailed it, walked away before it, he didn't realize he missed by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Think he, I really don't think you can. Uh, uh, you can put this on anyone else but George Lucas. Not good. <laughs> it's Hayden Christensen's Rob? movie. It's Hayden Christensen's movie. He's he had to carry the movie. It's he's gonna make or break it, and he just he didn't make it. So I'm sure he's this very sweet guy, but it's his so movie. you put more of the blame. Not, I guess this the question isn't about blame, right? It's just who do you associate yeah, this movie yeah. with? And My, you think it's Hayden? Correct. When I when I lament about this movie, I I'm thinking Hayden Christensen. I'm not putting George into it. Yeah, I've, for me it's George because yeah. I think of I think of the trilogy, the prequels as a whole, as yeah. George Lucas's mess, and he created it. Yeah, it all stemmed from his poor writing and his directing. Yep. Okay. Fair. Uh, Can't argue. Rob, where do you where do you rank this in the Star Wars saga, Skywalker saga, Skywalker saga? Excuse me. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's not um, the bottom. The bottom is still episode, uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, I tried watching Solo the other day. I just Solo Skywalker. doesn't count. Yeah, that's that not movie. In, oh, in the in the nine then. This said is Skywalker Saga. Yeah, this is probably third from the bottom. I, it's probably two one three from the bottom. Okay. I think so it's better go, than Phantom so, Menace. I think it's a better so movie seven, than Phantom Menace. So seven is Revenge of the Sith. Eight is Phantom Menace. Nine is Attack of the Clones. Yeah. No, Attack of the Clones okay. is going to be nine. Yeah, that's, that's what I just said. said. Is that what you said? I'm sorry. I thought you said not something else. Yeah, so Attack of the Clones is the bottom. Next one up is Phantom Menace. Third one up is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Jared? Uh, I will... It's, it's seven. And, uh, but Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I flip-flop between which is worse every time I think about it. So. <laughs> but it's... You put Phantom Menace as the worst? So, I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It depends on how I feel. Um... Is this close to those though? It's a little better, but I I remember we we talked about this maybe when we did uh, I guess when we did Rise of Skywalker or we were talking about it on the, one of the pop culture ones. Yeah, I think I gave this. I th- I, th- I think I forgot how I rated this, but like look now that I watched it again, I was like I, whatever I rated, it, I think I rated it too high. <laughs> like I think I think you might have rated it. A C. Yeah, it's too high. It's way too high. <laughs> Might be a D something. Okay, but yeah, it's the best. Of, it's the best of the three, but I I wouldn't say by a ton. Um, I in nostalgia, okay. thinking back on it, I thought it was, but watching it again, I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is not awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. It's seven for me, but seven, eight, and nine are pretty yeah. close together. I mean, there's there's barely I, the prequels are pretty pretty terrible as a whole. Uh, and it just, I said it before, it bums me out that this is some generation, this is their favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars trilogy. Yep. There is a subset of, of people that this is, this is Star Wars to them. It's and millennials. It's, it's just, this is the millennials uh, trilogy. It really is. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say it's everybody. There are people who are millennials that like movies and probably think that the original trilogy is better. I hope. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So I have one last question. Same question we end all of these with. But before we do, Jarrett or Rob, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Uh, 
I have a proposal. <laughs> I'd like to bet. <laughs> no, okay. So here was my thought. So for the next Star Wars thing, here's what happens. So the prequels, I don't say they needed to exist, but they did have like a in on paper an arc that needed to be told. And the sequels, the sequels, sure. they were well made, but they were about nothing in the end, pretty much. So here's my proposal. Yep. Let's let J.J. Abrams remake the prequels. <laughs> Are we talking about the same they, yeah, story make the, and make, just different? Make, take the same core story and remake all three movies. He could rewrite them. I mean, obviously rewrite them. But now that he has like, okay, A, B, and C has to happen. Like he has like the core thing. I think that would be actually worth watching. <laughs> So you take this. You take the you story. Take, yeah, you take yeah, the, take the arc. Anakin, you yeah. know, you start with Anakin. Maybe it doesn't start as like an absolute little kid, but you take the arc of like, you know, he meets Obi Wan. Obi Wan becomes a Jedi and eventually turns to the dark side, and you know, and falls and that that okay. thing. Can we take all of the the Phantom Menace? Can we take all of the the uh, I don't even know the right word. The trade all dispute. Of the, yeah, the government yeah, yeah, yeah. out of take it. all. Yeah, yeah, can no, we take all, all of that. that. The procedural right, shit. exactly the stuff that like okay. you don't care about. But like the core, the core character okay. shit with Anakin, like just go, just do it over and make it, make it well done. I think that would, yeah, I'd, I'd watch, watch it. it too. I'd give it a try. Rob, do you have anything you want to add? <laughs> my to my this? last two cents on any of these things yep. is it's. I think the the prequels as a whole i'm sure at one point we'll do the attack of the clones one but we'll shit it's it'll oh, be like yeah. 2 hours worth of shit on a movie but i i think this is the last one as far as the prequels are concerned to kind of get any sort of just appreciation for and i and i use that um that word very lightly because it's it really was the best of what we had and i wouldn't necessarily say it was a standard it was not something that it's like oh well it's you know clearly it's just as good as the original trilogy, but it really was as far as that, you know, grouping of whatever it was six years that on reflection, that was really like, all right, well, we, we, we've got something, we got some closure. Maybe there was like something in there that like was closer to the mark that George was kind of missing in the other two, but it was, you know, and I were shit on it pretty good, but it really, it was the best of what we had at the time. And that's why it really doesn't hold up because you know, it's just, it doesn't work. That movie doesn't work. And even more so now that we have the, the, the sequel trilogy, you could see how poorly those movies were made. But it's just of the bunch, of the prequel trilogy, that's still the standout of the bunch. I think, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think that something, and when I was watching this, uh, I was thinking about it, that hurts this movie is you have Lord of the Rings that came out at the same time. Yeah. Right, this Lord of the Rings trilogy came out right around the same time as this trilogy, and those were so well done. And you have these performances that are beautiful, and they're winning all these awards. And you have the score by Howard Shore that's amazing. Like you just have all of these things that we wish we could have gotten from Star Wars. Yep. But this other filmmaker, who is a fanboy, Peter Jackson was a massive fan of Lord of the Rings, made this beautiful trilogy, and then you had Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think we saw what could be made, what, what, what was possible with, I mean, Lord of the Rings has a ton of special effects as well, practical, and we saw what could be done. And then we saw what George Lucas did. And uh, that kind of hit me when I was watching it recently that 
I think maybe that is, there's a little bit of of that that I hold against Star Wars as well because it could have been like Jarrett's saying it could have been so much more and maybe like in in his what he proposed with J.J. Abrams doing it like we could see it in another filmmaker's hands and it could be amazing with the yeah. same overall story arc, but because of George Lucas, they were atrocious. The the curse of all Star Wars fans is the movie whatever we get regardless of what it is good bad or ugly it will never be as good as the movie we have in our head because we're just it we put star wars on such a pedestal that nothing is going to be able to compare it to it and i agree with you it's like if you look at those lord of the ring movies there's no way um that it's even close as far as story acting casting editing blah blah blah, blah, blah. none of that stuff comes close and I would love to one day kind of see a movie like that. And I think we've got it. I think the, the trilogy as we have it is the best it is that we're going to be able to do. And I think a lot of us just need to make peace with that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I would disagree a little bit that the reason these movies, that, that none of these movies are going to appease Star Wars fans is because we have something built up in our mind. Because mm. I don't really have anything built up in my mind in regards to like a quality story. I don't sure. know where they could go with it. I just know what they've already given us. And because they set the bar high with the original trilogy, they've set the bar high with canon, with you know books and video games. But then when you have somebody who puts out something that they don't want to listen to anything that anybody else mm -hmm. has to say. They created it. It's That's fine. That's up to them. That's their baby. But you've given it to the world. Like, take some feedback on things. Like, get yeah. some help. You don't have to do everything. And I really think so I with this one, he did take feedback into consideration mm -hmm. with it. I really do think it's in there. But it's just, it, it fundamentally, it just didn't work. But for three movies, he <laughs> couldn't get it to work? The first one was, like, the best he... The first one was the movie he thought we all wanted. The second movie was the fuck you to everybody. I'm going to do it my way and you're going to like appreciate it. And I think by the third one, he like looked at it and was like, well, yeah, maybe they got something here. And we try to kind of make these guys happy. And then but, it but just didn't work. It, you said it earlier. The third one was going to have to be the best because we all know how it ends. Yeah. We're all waiting. For, so like the third one had the most going for it. Sure. So whether he took people's advice and he made a movie that's slightly better than than one and two, or it just happened to be it was gonna be better because we get to see fucking Darth Vader. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if he did it better or if it's just like we all know the progression of where it's going. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, Jared, you're just sitting there. Smiling, I have another, qu I have another question for Rob because I think he's the only one that can explain what? this. Ooh, I yeah. love questions. For okay, Rob. so here's the question. Rob, what the f what does bringing balance to the force mean? <laughs> and I will preface this by saying, shouldn't you ask for? I know Prince exactly. Uh -huh. I will preface this by saying I read the the novelization after this movie came out because I was like, I felt like they cut a bunch of shit out. I was like, maybe it's gonna be in the book. Uh -huh. And there's a specific scene in the book where Mace Window says, like, we have no clue what the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A a, uh, a what do you call a um. Not a prediction that was misread. A whatever. But yeah, so it's... One could argue that... Does the person within themselves, the one that brings the balance, or the person that brings that... Someone who's been to the dark side, back to the light, the quote-unquote one who brings balance. So is it Anakin who was the prophecy? Or was Luke the prophecy? But now, considering we have episode 9... According to the movies, and, and they blatantly say it in 9, 
is Ray is the one who brings balance to the force. But what is yeah? But what yeah, does that actually mean? <laughs> when the force is balanced, what does that mean? <laughs> it's a great question. Be... It's it's <laughs> it, with with pure good is pure evil, and then how does Jared... how does somebody embody both? I think what Jared is asking is really should the Jedi have been looking for someone to bring balance to the Force because that essentially means that there's as many right. bad as there is good, right? Yeah. So why the fuck would you want that? Are you actually interpreting it the way you should be? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a fair enough line in the movie that like maybe we really don't understand what that means. Because nobody understands because <laughs> it's bullshit. a throwaway line that they put in there. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, uh... That's the problem. Again, I Harry Potter. The source material for Harry Potter is so tightly like written that shit she brings up in the first movie that you don't even realize like happens later in the in the in the series, right? Yeah. In the books, in the movie, whatever. They have I'll stand by this forever that George Lucas had no fucking idea that they were going to make anything past Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, "Wait a minute. This is successful. Let me bullshit write. He didn't have 1 through 9 written or a story arc. There's no way cuz the shit doesn't make sense. Yeah. Shit that Alec Guinness says in A New Hope when he's talking about things doesn't make sense to what he's referencing back to if that was going to be, if they were going to reference back to earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's throwing shit out there when he's talking to Luke the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your, there's no argument. <laughs> there is like, there's nothing to argue because there's no way he wrote one through three. He had a base of like Anakin was a kid. And he showed some sensitivity to the Force, and he was somehow manipulated by Palpatine, and somehow Palpatine became, you know, rise to power, and then Obi-Wan was training at it. I mean, all that stuff, I think, was there, because all that's proven in the trilogy, but did he have the layout for one through three as far as, like, three separate movies? Fuck no. He did not. And same thing for, you know, and again, this goes back to the argument with the sequel trilogy, is, like, it it blows my mind that they did not have that whole thing laid out before they went ahead and shot it because they knew it was going to be a trilogy and they knew, you know, what they were setting up in the first one. That was just, that's, that's just dumb. Yeah, they had no idea. Yeah. That's the disappointment of the sequel trilogy. All right. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Star Wars Episode 3. Yeah. 15 year anniversary. Rob. Amazing. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. <laughs> I believe it is properly rated. Now, are you going off of what in your mind you believe? Are you going off the 80% Rotten Tomatoes critics? Are you going the 66% audience? What are we going off of? I'm going on what I believe. I'm going on based on what friends of mine, people who have seen it recently, just, just my general take on that movie and people's feelings about that movie. I feel like that is not an underrated movie. Nor do I feel like it's an overrated movie. I think it is properly rated. The feelings people have for this movie is correctly felt. Okay. Over. Sure. <laughs> over. It's overrated by Rotten Tomatoes. I overrated it a month ago when I was thinking back on it, and then I actually watched it. <laughs> there is no universe uh, oh my God. <laughs> where, to me, this is anything but overrated. As low as that, as low as I that would rating agree. is. I would agree that I think it's overrated, and that's based on a bunch of factors. Rotten Tomatoes, like Jarrett said, 80% is ridiculous for this. I also remember when Force Awakens came out and Rogue One came out, and people were saying Force Awakens was the 
second best Star Wars movie of all time. And they would put their list and Return or Revenge of the Sith was always above Ooh. Return of the Jedi. And I saw it over and over and huh. I'm like, what fucking world are you people living in? Yeah. That this is better than any of the original movies. No. And it's definitely it's not even better than Force Awakens. Like not even close Force Awakens is a masterpiece <laughs> compared to this. Right. I think I think a lot of people so, uh, think it's better than it is just because it was better than the two that preceded it. And that's what they're measuring it against. Yeah. I would agree with that. There's a little bit of recency biased, and then it is it is better yeah. than one and two, but marginally. Right. <laughs> but in a in a vacuum. Like barely. Fuck this movie. <laughs> It's right, marginally Jimmy, better than one, mm-hmm. but it is massively better than two. I think that's your mm. point of view. Yeah. <laughs> point of view. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would agree with you that it's, it's marginally better than one, and it's much better than two. I agree. Excellent. Hey, um, we found common ground. You I don't haven't have watched two ground. in a while. Yeah. You don't. I don't. Well, I haven't watched two in a while, and it's going to happen eventually because yeah. we're going to talk about it on this podcast. And... I don't know. We'll see how I feel at that point. That should be, if I could just put my two cents in, that should be a Beth podcast. Episode two, starring Beth. And what her feelings are. Is she watching it now? (laughs) Yes, she's watching it this week. Speaking of, she texted me earlier today because I asked her about Phantom Menace because she threw it on Discord and she said she liked it. (laughs) Nice. Of course she liked it. (laughs) But Beth likes everything. So take that with a grain of salt, right? Uh, yeah, we should. Ha- I would. I would enjoy having a conversation with her about what she liked on it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in '99, we all liked it. Yeah. All of us. Yeah, Jarrett included. I bought that <sighs> special edition VHS with a little piece of uh, actual film, actual piece of film, film. in it. Yep, it had a little book with it too. Sure. Yeah, I think that was the last VHS. It might have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you for being on. I know this is it's late your time. We talked about these this fucking movie for two hours. I'm sorry, Jared, you had to go watch it. But let's all like let's all get a nice virtual hug and let's go watch the original trilogy. Okay. And then just remember why we love Star Wars. Love it. Because this ain't it. <laughs> let's all like f- just force heal ourselves a little bit from the damage this movie caused. Now, 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 now. I fucking wish. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll do it again soon, all right? All right, guys. See you, buddy. All right, everyone. That is the Revenge of the Sith podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Love to hear uh, what everyone thinks about this movie and where it is in the the Star Wars hierarchy. And just if this is your favorite trilogy, if you can't stand these. I'm so interested in in kind of how everybody um, looks at this movie and kind of devours it, so to speak. Definitely give us uh, those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at The Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at Morning Geekdom. Thanks to Jarrett and Rob for being on. And we'll do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs>